Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Feeding Frenzy. If you've been listening for a few weeks now, The Feeding Frenzy is a little boost of signal above the noise on the internet. It's my take on what I've absorbed in the last week or so, and I talk about it here with you in an impromptu conversation as if I was just talking to my friends about the things that I was interested in my week. With that, if you have anything either tangentially related to anything I talk about in these episodes, I would love to hear it, or at the very least, feel free to send me anything you find interesting that may become something that's on the Feeding Frenzy itself, or we can explore in more depth on Feeding Curiosity, either in a podcast or as a blog. So with that, let's jump in today's edition. First up is worth listening. This week's podcast is with Krish Bosch and Tim Ferriss. As you probably know at this point, I've listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss' podcasts. So let me just read a quick, <laughs> and by quick, it's a pretty long bio, but let me read it anyways. Chris Bosch fell in love with basketball at an early age and earned the prestigious Mr. Basketball title while still in high school in Dallas, Texas. He's a McDonald's All-American. Bosch was selected fourth overall by Toronto Raptors after one year attending Georgia Tech. By the end of his basketball career, he was an 11-time NBA All-Star, a two-time champion, and the NBA's first global ambassador of basketball. And then in March of 2019, Bosch's number one jersey was officially retired from the Miami Heat. There were so many parts of this conversation that I found myself resonating with that it almost made it difficult to write a summary of everything that was talked about. But I did really like a quote that hit home for me. It's easy to complain and always see the grass is greener on the other side, but here's what Krish Bosch had to say about complaining. If you think you've got problems or everybody puts their problems on the table, you'll pick yours back up real quick. This was around the idea of complaining about things and it was around the context of Bosch's experience as the global ambassador for the NBA. He got to see more of the entire world and how they live rather than just in America. I think it's really resonates because any one of us can understand that. We all are so intimately aware of our own problems and they suck, of course, but when you actually take a moment to really look at them, you're okay with them to some degree, or at least you know how to manage them because they're your problems, or at least hopefully you've learned how to manage them. Even though... Chris is mainly known for his achievements in basketball. This conversation is much more grounded in overcoming the human struggles that we all face. I think even if you're a fan from his time in the NBA, you've likely already hit play at this time. <laughs> if you're curious how a high achiever navigates life and you want to understand the, like the how or the why, I think there's something in this conversation will easily catch your attention. So moving on to worth reading, and this is why between the podcast I just talked about and this article I'm going to share is why I am late on providing the feeding frenzy, because this article took a lot more time for me to read and digest, and I just found that there was a lot more here. And so this is why I put a little bit more effort into actually breaking down the aspects of this particular article. So without further delay... The article is The Amazon That Customers Don't See from the New York Times. So this is one of those articles that I found really interesting because there's so much negative press going around with Amazon of late, being working conditions, what the crazy schedules drivers are being put through, 
and anything in between all of that. I think it rolls up its sleeves and really understands what it's like to work at a singular fulfillment center. The particular one is JFK 8 in New York, which is one of the largest warehouses they have. And one of the people that they interviewed for the piece is Paul Stroop. He managed data science uh, teams, but made an unusual switch to HR. And he believed that he could apply the same data-driven approach that to, to provide a service to customers to, at the same level to employees. And so here's a quote from Paul. Amazon can solve pretty much any problem it puts its mind behind. The human resources division, though had nowhere near the focus, rigor, and investment of Amazon's operations, it felt like a different company. Even though he tried to make positive changes and he did make positive changes within the company, he would later leave Amazon and join Shopify because there seemed to be a lack of long-term thinking to improve worker experience. Another part of the story that I really resonated with is the some rather negative views about people and how much they're motivated to achieve. Company data showed that most employees became less eager over time. Mr. Bezos believed that people were inherently lazy. What he would say is that our nature as humans is to expend as little energy as possible to get what we want or need. And that was from David Nykirk, former HR vice president. I can't help but recoil by this type of thinking. Logically, not every one of us can be a CEO of a massive company, but most of us want to feel autonomous and recognized for a job well done. At the very least, and from there, a system needs to be put in place to allow employees to take on more responsibility if they want it. And that brings me to the third part that I wanted to highlight here, which is categorically performance tracking for warehouse employees. In newer robotics-driven warehouses like JFK 8, those metrics were at the center of Amazon's operations. A single frontline manager could help or could keep track of 50, 75, or even 100 workers by checking a laptop. Auto-generated reports signaled when someone was struggling. A worker whose rate was too slow or whose time off task climbed too high risked being disciplined or fired. If a worker was off task, the system assumed that the worker was to blame. Managers were told to ask workers what happened and manually code what they deemed legitimate excuses, like broken machinery to override the default. So many of you who have followed me for some time will know that I find performance tracking to be incredibly useful. But in the context that workers don't know what their scores are, it only serves to make people more anxious. And coupling that with an AI system that can terminate an employee in a day is a recipe for disaster. The data even shows that Amazon has horrible turnover. As an employer as large as Amazon, it needs to evaluate how it can best serve the people that makes the service they provide to the world possible. It's a huge thing about people, right? Like we're, I use Amazon a lot, but we also have to realize that because it provides a service that's useful, that means there's people that make the useful thing possible. And we can't just be undermining the value of people because they need to uphold a certain standard that we set because Amazon says two-day delivery. If two-day delivery means people are being chewed up and spit out for lack of a better term, 
I think we need to take an honest look at that. Worth watching this week, moving on, is how to live an intellectual life from Big Think. This video caught my attention just because it's what I do. I do all this thinking stuff. And the core of the video is, what does it mean to be an intellectual? In films, being intellectual is portrayed as you're different. You see the world differently. You don't quite fit in the, the round peg in the square hole. And they highlight Einstein as being a, an example that doesn't quite fit what Hollywood wants us to believe. He His first job was at a patent office after trying to find a job in the teaching world and academia, and they would not take him. The patent office, though, it was not the most <laughs> enjoyable job to be in. He was able to still work on the papers that would later be the foundations of his entire career. He credits the environment to allowing him to do what it is that he did as an intellectual. My take-home thing here is that, or positing it, I guess, is maybe genius is hidden in the mundane. And then last but not least is worth pondering, where I share a quote with no context except maybe where it's from and who said it, and leave it for you to think about for the rest of the week. So here is today's quote from Jordan. Imagine who you could be and aim single-mindedly at that. And this was from Beyond Order, 12 More Rules for Life. This concludes this edition of The Feeding Frenzy, and I hope any of these ideas you resonate with and possibly take on in the rest of your week. And as always, if you have anything more for me to explore or tag along on any of these ideas, I would love to hear it. Just a few more things before I take off, which is... Feeding Curiosity is much more than just a weekly video. Primarily, Feeding Curiosity is a podcast where I talk to people every week and explore the precarity of human experience. What does it mean? Can we tease apart how people live and why they do what they do to live better in any form? And then last but not least, there are also blueprints on Feeding Curiosity, which is my take on digesting a book in a more practical way. So, I've gone through the, the book range, which is why journals succeed in a specialized world. And I'm going chapter by chapter, pulling out the key ideas of each chapter and hopefully providing more context for you to pick up the breadcrumb trail from that book. So with that, everyone, check out feedingcuriosity.net and I'll see you all in the next edition. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. And I really just want to make this podcast the best podcast you listen to. Meaning, if there's anything that you really enjoyed or any feedback for us, I would love for you to reach out on the social medias. You can find Feeding Curiosity across LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram in the usual places just by searching Feeding Curiosity. You can also send us an email or a message through the website. You can also support the work that we're doing here, including the podcast and all other content that we produce at Feeding Curiosity by either going to anchor.fm slash feeding curiosity slash support, or you can head over to the website and hit the support button and support us directly there as well. By supporting the podcast, you effectively keep us from having to deal with sponsorship and keeping the relationship that me and you, the listener, have 
as honest and open as possible. As for me, I take the idea of selling products and or sponsoring products very, very serious. Honestly, I just want to provide access to information to as many people as possible with as little of a barrier of entry as possible. At the very least, if you want to do anything to support the podcast, leave a review on the platform of choosing to subscribe, like, rate it, all of that. It helps out a ton. Again, thank you all for listening, and I hope you join in on the next episode.